our Together series, we've uh, been looking in the book of Ephesians and how God calls us to come together. We started early on saying that uh, God created us to be in relationship with one another. The first time God said something wasn't good was when Adam was alone in the garden. Everything about his life was beautiful and perfect. Perfect relationship with God. Perfect relationship with nature in the garden. Every need seemed to be met, but God said it wasn't good because he was alone. We were created to be together. And Paul tells us in the book of Ephesians that when Jesus died on the cross, that the work of salvation not only put us into right relationship with God, but set the foundation for us to be in right relationship with one another. So we've been looking at how we're better together, how we're stronger together, how we experience love and peace together. Today, one final message in this series, we change the world together. Ephesians chapter 4. We begin with verse 32. Paul writes to this church, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Question for you this morning. Who's your favorite hero? Do you have a favorite superhero? Spider-Man. Iron Man. Iron Man. <laughs> Superman, that's who I grew up with. Uh, favorite superhero. There's a new there's a new hero movie coming out in uh, in a few weeks. And uh, I don't know if you've heard about this one, uh, but it's uh, my my favorite hero and they're finally making a movie of of him and uh, look at the screens and you can uh, see about this hero. Hey, I'm looking for Fred Rogers. In here. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. A beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Please forgive me, my neighbor. Hello, neighbor. Mr. Rogers, I'm here to interview you. It is so nice to meet you. You okay? Profound, Mr. Rogers. Lloyd, please don't ruin my childhood. This piece will be for an issue about heroes. Do you consider yourself a hero? We are trying to give the world positive ways of dealing with its feelings.
favorite superhero, Fred Rogers. <laughs> Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. How many of you grew up with Mr. Rogers on television and PBS? Absolutely. Now, he isn't necessarily what we think of as a classic hero, right? Superman, Iron Man, Spider-Man, people that have superhuman abilities and often the arrogance that comes along with that of knowing that they are the only one who could save the world, who could change the world. And these superheroes use these superhuman abilities to do things that no one else could do in moments of peril. Uh, in so many ways, they're the exact opposite of Fred Rogers. Fred was uh, lived a life of kindness, compassion, humility, and forgiveness. Really ordinary things that any one of us could do. And yet, I think Fred Rogers reminds us of the hero that this world needs today. When, when Mr. Rogers first passed away, his show hadn't been, uh, been off long, and then uh, he succumbed to, to cancer. People kind of forgot about him for a while. But if you're paying attention to what's happening in our world today, there might not be a surprise to you that there is a new, renewed interest in the life and ministry of Fred Rogers. A person who lived and called others to live lives of kindness, compassion, humility, and forgiveness. Oh man, aren't those things our world needs today? He is the hero that we need. Maybe you didn't know about Mr. Rogers that he is an ordained Presbyterian minister, schooled in music and theology, and special calling to be a, a minister to the children of the world. And he grounded his ideas in the kind of person he was supposed to be and who he called others to be in the ministry of Jesus and in the words of Holy Scripture. Kindness, compassion, forgiveness. They may epitomize Mr. Rogers, but that is exactly who Paul calls each one of us to be in this passage. Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. What kinds of people are we supposed to be? Be kind, be compassionate, be forgiving. Those things that we see so strongly in Fred Rogers Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, that call us to be those same kind of people ourselves. What is so awesome about Fred Rogers is that the superpowers that he has are not things that we can't have. I can't be Spider-Man. I can't do what he does. I'll never be Iron Man. I'll never have the money and the brains to create an impenetrable iron suit to go and save the world. But you know what I can be? I can be the same kind of hero that Fred Rogers was, a person of kindness, of compassion, and humility, and forgiveness. Those are character traits that we can all develop in our lives. Maybe, maybe we all need to print out some WWF 
R.D. bracelets. What would Fred Rogers do? <laughs> and when we are faced with difficult situations in our life, we could think, how, how would Mr. Rogers handle this one? Because, man, he is a hero that we can emulate as a person who lives a life of kindness, compassion, and forgiveness. I want to suggest to you today that those are the three things that our world needs and that if God's people would take seriously living lives of kindness, compassion, and forgiveness, that we could change the world. Now, those aren't the kinds of things that we think of that would change the world. They seem so small. I want to suggest to you today that what actually changes the world are not the big things, but are the small things that are repeated over time. If we would commit ourselves to living out the small things, and we would do that over time, we would see our lives changed, we would see our families changed, our community changed, and we could see the world changed if we would simply live out the small things over time. Small things done consistently over time change the world. And so God calls us as his people to three small things. I would actually suggest to you they're not that small. But they feel small. And the overwhelming weight of the world's problems, of the struggles that we see when we click on the news in the evening, and we think about what needs to happen in our world to see positive change take place, it's hard to believe that kindness, compassion, and forgiveness could make any difference. I want to suggest to you this morning, based on the word of God and Paul's words to us through the church in Ephesus, that those are the three things that will change the world above all else. Kindness, compassion, forgiveness. They may feel like not enough, but if God's people would take these seriously, our lives would be changed, our families would be changed, our communities would be changed, our world would be changed. Kindness, compassion, forgiveness. Think, think about kindness. A word of kindness in an overwhelming world, it just feels like so little. In all of the vitriol, in all of the, the division, in all of the hate, in all of the evil that is present in our world, to be a person who is kind not only feels almost impossible, it feels like it doesn't do anything. I think kindness is kind of like the Colorado River, though. My family got to visit the Grand Canyon a little over a year ago. Amazing sight that reminds us of the grandeur of God. It's get on the bus and you would drive a couple miles and then get out and see an overlook. 
And it would be this beautiful, deep, unbelievable, immense canyon that you can't even wrap your mind around as far as you could see. And you get up back on the bus and ride a few more miles and get off and look again. And it's a different view, but it's just as grand. It's just as spectacular. This huge canyon that just blows your mind. And do you know? Do you know how that canyon was dug into the earth? God put a river there. And he put that river into motion. And the water in that river, over time, drops of water that were put in motion over time, dug out this beautiful wonder of the world, the Grand Canyon. Kindness works like that. One drop of kindness on its own feels like it's nothing. But if we would put, put kindness into action over time consistently, it will dig out a path of beauty and goodness in a world that is overwhelmed with division and hatred. The power of drops of kindness consistently over time. And that's what our world needs today. Our world has a serious lack of kindness at its very core. Just scroll through Facebook, turn on the news. If you're crazy enough to get on Twitter, it's take a look at politics on a global stage and it feels like people are using the power of unkindness to try and get their way but God calls us to be very different kind of people in fact go, go just the verse before that verse 31 this is what it, we're told get rid of all bitterness rage anger brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Get rid of bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, and every form of malice. Instead, be kind. And I feel like our world is embracing verse 31 of Ephesians 4 and is ignoring verse 32 right up to the very seats of power in our world. People are building their lives, embracing bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, and every form of malice. We get drawn into that too. I want to tell you today, put that stuff aside. And with everything in you, choose to be kind. Now I know it's not easy. But it'll change your life if you do. And if we commit to being kind together, it just might change our world. It, you're commuting to work tomorrow and a guy cuts you off. Oh wait, now, now I'm meddling, aren't I? Like, I see, like, oh wait, now pastor. <laughs> Not. What, what, what immediately pops into your head when that guy cuts you off? Bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, and every form of malice, right? 
Like, <laughs> Paul says in Romans that the people uh, of, of his time were inventing new ways of doing evil. Somebody cuts you off. You're very quick to invent a new way of doing evil, aren't you? Like, oh. <laughs> what if instead we, we were kind? Go ahead. Choose kindness. Uh, you ever get annoyed with a telemarketer? Once or twice, I answer telemarketer calls. I don't answer them terribly much anymore. I can usually tell if it's somebody I know on the phone or not. But they're, they're, the olden days, you didn't know who was on the other side of the line, right? You pick up the phone and you're like, oh, no, I don't want to buy. And I just decided I, I'd had enough. And I, I'm not going to be nice to telemarketers anymore. They're annoying. They're, they're the mosquitoes of, of people. Like, <laughs> they just are floating around annoying you all the time. And like you swat a mosquito, I'm gonna swat at the telemarketers. And I'm just not gonna be, I'm, I'm tired of being nice. And so I just would say like, I, I don't have time to talk to you right now. And they would just keep going. And I like, if I told you I don't wanna talk to you, then why are we still having this conversation? Like what, it's wrong with you, man. I was letting Bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, and every form of malice shaped the way that I talked to the telemarketers. You know, I only did that a couple of times. Because when I got off the phone, I didn't feel good. I didn't feel like, yeah, I showed that guy! Woo! Like, living my best life! No! I felt bad inside myself. I shut up. <laughs> uh, now Emma's stepping on my toes. I, I didn't feel good about myself. And I probably didn't, I didn't make that guy feel better about himself. And I didn't feel better about myself. It was a lose-lose. And I said, you know what? Kindness wins the day. I'm going to choose to be kind, even to telemarketers. If God's people would take that seriously, speak a kind word to the overworked cashier, a kind word to those people who, who show up in the most difficult and inopportune times, a word of anger and harshness can bring down their day and it can bring down your day. And everybody leaves that feeling a little worse about themselves. And if you've ever worked retail, but imagine feeling worse about yourself after every customer that came through the line, day after day after day. And then you carry that home to your kids. <laughs> and in your encounters with everybody that you have that day, and these words of 
bitterness and anger that just flow out of our lives bring us down and they bring the people around us down and we just bring each other down until that's just what flows out of us everywhere we are. But a word of kindness at the right time, a word of kindness at the right time can lift people up. It can improve their life. If you have the opportunity, speak a word of kindness to that cashier that just looks overworked and stressed. Speak a word of kindness. Sometimes I feel like do we get done with the soccer game and I, I, I see how people are treating the ref, who admittedly doesn't always get the call right, and usually it's in favor of the other team. It's always that way. And sometimes when they get done, I think somebody just needs to speak a word of kindness to this guy. Because, yeah, he didn't always get it right, but he, he, he was out there. <laughs> he was trying for the good of our kids. Speak a word of kindness. Kindness. Oh, man, that's enough right there. Kindness could change our world. Um, there's some crazy stuff going on in the world today. Right? Yes. Right? Um, and I've got a feeling that we aren't all in agreement about what the best way to handle the crazy stuff in the world is. We are a year out from a presidential election. Oh, goody. I'm tired of pastoring churches during presidential elections, okay? I'll just get that out of the way now. <laughs> Let's be kind to each other, okay? Whatever happens with what's going on in Washington now, whatever comes in the next year, can we try and just be kind to one another? Even when we disagree. <laughs> Even more, especially when we disagree. When we need to be kind, it's when it's hard to be kind. Just back up for a second. When you feel that harsh word, when you feel that that thing in your gut that starts going, and you're you're getting you flush a little bit, and you know, like, oh, I'm about to give this guy what's just just take a second. We are called to be kind. Kindness put in action over time, changes lives for the good. Kindness, then Paul says, compassion. Be people of compassion. We can choose to be kind for kindness sake. We can be kind for our own sake. But when we learn to have compassion, we have kindness to other people for their sake. We acknowledge that their lives have struggles too. You're not the only one that has bad days. The people around you do too. You're not the only one that goes through hardships and difficult times. The people around you do too. And compassion acknowledges the difficulty that other people are going through. The word compassion actually means to suffer with. To suffer with. When you have compassion, you notice that someone else is suffering in their life and you bring some of that suffering on yourself. You, you acknowledge the problems that another person is facing. 
So if by accident I pick up the call from a telemarketer and it's annoyed my day, compassion tells me nobody wants to work a telemarketing job. There's no kid that at six years old stands up in their kindergarten class and says, when I grow up, my goal is to be a telemarketer. Right? Nobody wants to do that job. The people who are doing that job are taking a job that they don't want because that's the only opportunity in front of them at the moment, and they're trying to better themselves and get out of that as soon as they can. And compassion tells me to acknowledge that, that their day is worse than mine. And so I can treat them with kindness because I have compassion and I understand that. Compassion calls us to understand what's going on in the lives of people that we disagree with. Compassion can lead us to realize that someone that hurt us hurt us because they had hurt in their life too. It doesn't excuse the hurt. It doesn't mean that it was okay that they hurt you. But we can begin to understand that hurt people hurt people. And we can respond with kindness instead of keeping the cycle going. And man, wouldn't that change the world? Kindness, compassion, forgiveness. Fred Rogers, multiple times in interviews, explaining the work that he did with children, quoted his theology professor who taught him that the one thing evil fears is forgiveness. I learned that from my hero, Mr. Rogers. The one thing that evil fears is forgiveness. Because where evil divides us and tears us apart. Forgiveness takes what's been torn apart and puts it back together. Forgiveness takes the power out of evil because it says you may have hurt me, but I'm not going to hold that against you anymore. That's forgiveness. Sometimes we, we don't want to forgive because we think forgiveness means that we are saying that didn't hurt me. Or we think forgiveness is saying that uh, I'm over what happened. Or we think that forgiveness means saying that uh, you're a safe person and I'm going to let you uh, back into my life all the way. Forgiveness doesn't mean any of those things. Forgiveness says what you did to me hurt me. But I understand that you have been hurt too. Compassion. And I want to treat you with kindness and not with evil. Not with bitterness and slander and rage and every form of malice, but kindness. Because that's who I've been called to be. And so I'm going to forgive you. Forgiveness says I'm not going to hold this against you any longer. We can spend our whole lives trying to one-up each other. 
you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you a little bit more and teach you a lesson, and then you're going to hurt me just a little bit more, and I'm going to hurt you, and pretty soon we're like throwing rocks at each other, and then we're shooting guns at each other, and then we're tossing missiles at each other. Forgiveness says this is a broken cycle. And we know that hurt people hurt people. And so instead of hurting each other more and more and more, let's infect some, insert some compassion and some kindness into this cycle of evil and brokenness and bitterness and malice. And we're going to stick some kindness and some compassion and let's forgive one another and let's tear down this circle. And instead of trying to one-up each other with tearing each other down, let's instead show kindness and lift each other up. And my friends, that will change the world. And that's what we need today. Our world is desperate for a group of people who will come together and live with kindness and compassion and forgiveness. Now, I I had no idea what was going to be happening on the national stage when this, I laid this sermon out for this week. But I feel like this is a timely message to call us to be people of kindness, compassion, and forgiveness, and to trust that those are the things that are going to change the world. They say, but pastor, it's just naive thinking, like, that, that doesn't fly in the world today. Maybe in the 50s, but today, that you just... Or, or you might be thinking, but pastor, they don't deserve that. They, that, that person doesn't deserve kindness. They haven't earned forgiveness. This is... I want to tell you, this is why we are to be people of kindness, compassion, and forgiveness. It's not because it's effective and it works, although I want to argue that it does, but that's not why. It's not because the other people deserve those kinds of things. This is why are we to to be people of kindness, compassion, and forgiveness. Because that is what God is for us. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. We just prayed a prayer that we pray every Sunday. I don't know if you've really thought about what you're praying. Some days it scares me just to no end. We pray, Father, forgive me the way that I forgive others. Father, forgive my trespasses as I forgive those who trespass against us. That's Father, forgive me my sins. Forgive me the wrong that I've done the same way that I forgive others the wrong that they've done. I don't want that. <laughs> Do you want God to forgive you the same way that you forgive others? Uh-uh. <laughs> I want God to forgive me perfectly even when I don't deserve it but so often I don't want to forgive others that way but you know what we're just supposed to forgive the way that God forgives and when he is at work in our life and we begin to forgive others not because they deserve it not because we think it's effective but because that's what God has done for us and so we forgive others man then we can pray that prayer and we mean it 
Lord, I'm forgiven the way that you are, so would you keep forgiving me the way that I'm forgiving others because I'm doing what you would do. Follow God's example, Paul says, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love just as Christ loved. We're people of kindness, compassion, and forgiveness. Not because they deserve it. Not because we somehow think it's going to be effective in, in our crazy mixed up world. Not because my hero Fred Rogers lived that way. But because that's who Jesus is. And he has showered forgiveness, compassion, and kindness upon you. And so go and live in that reality and share that with others. That change the world. God, we pray this morning that you would help us to be the kinds of people that Paul calls us to be in this chapter. Lord, I'm excited to see people examining the life of Fred Rogers again because he was the real deal who embodied and exemplified what this passage calls us to be. But Lord, I'm also afraid that we are beginning to think that he was something special who is doing, living in a way that the rest of us couldn't live. Lord, don't let that happen. Lord, instead, let us be inspired by Scripture and by Jesus and by people who got it, like Fred Rogers, to say we can live that way too. And Lord, in a world that chooses division and anger and bitterness and malice, Lord, let us instead be people who choose kindness because you have showered every kindness upon us. Lord, let us choose compassion for others because Christ suffered in our place for us. Lord, may we be people who are quick to forgive others because Christ has offered us forgiveness through his shed blood. And Lord, use us small that we are. This little corner of a little county north of Charlotte. Lord, use us as people of forgiveness and compassion and kindness to change the world. These things we pray in the name of Jesus, our Lord.